You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your dial. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show or program for Monday, the uh, 12th of April 2021. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the uh, last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and uh, Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a program about cycling, related uh, transport issues, active transport and all things in between. Uh, on today's show, I'm going to be talking uh, to Jürgen from Dutch Cargo Bike. And um, we're going to talk about e-cargo bikes. Uh, this is a really uh, it's a big upswing in people using e-bikes and uh, transport um, things like you know, last mile logistics, tasks, getting the kids to school, a whole manner of things to do with e-bikes. We've probably touched on these in, um, on the show over the years, but it'll be interesting to hear what Jürgen says. And uh, you probably noticed uh, across Australia, I'm going to use a cliched phrase, that the button marked um, change of season or whatever European seasons are. There's actually a lot more Indigenous seasons. But anyway, it's colder. <laughs> and... Uh, it's time to start layering. It's time to start looking at, uh, hmm, have I got some thermals? Have I got some nice winter gear, stuff that dries out easy? You know, you may use over booties. You may use thermal under stuff. You may just have a really nice coat that you like to wear. And the other thing is, you know, that uh, also uh, a repetitive thing of this time of year is check your lights, check your batteries, possibly think about upgrading, possibly thinking about putting some um, fenders and all that sort of stuff on your bike. It's uh, good to see that, that uh, these sort of things have uh, made a bit of a renaissance in the last decade or so because, you know, we've gone from, you know, the urban uh, don't have anything on your bike to put everything on your bike. And I'm, I'm a bit of one of those as the whole kitchen sink so, uh, news and events. So I was looking at some really good stuff from the UK to do with low traffic neighbourhoods and kind of we're creeping into that territory, I think, in Australia with some of the things that have happened with pop-ups and uh, yeah, your parklets and the like. And um, this is an article I was just noticing from resilience.org, uh, low traffic networks, LTNs, involve planters, camera gates, bollards, all that sort of stuff. And in London, over 70 were introduced in six months of 2020. They are controversial and it's important to for their impacts to be studied. And uh, the author of this article, Low Traffic Import um, Neighbourhoods Making Fairer, Safer Cities, Rachel Aldred, has gone into quite a bit of detail about that. I can put that online. And, um, you know, it's just a summarisation. Who are these LTNs for? They are widely seen as cycling schemes. Uh, 
This both helps and hinders them as um, LTNs are promoted by cycling advocates, yet tarred with cycling stigma, and we all know about the various permutations of that. However, the association is misleading. In Waltham Forest, people living in new LTNs did one between one to two hours more walking per week uh, versus 15 to 20 minutes more cycling. And a new study, there's a link there, uh, finds emergency LTNs increased walking too. Newer and long-standing LTNs show trends towards reduced car use and or ownership. Now, why is this important? Well, walking is marginalised, cycling is marginalised, and to creep out too much broader issues, uh, our space, our use of shared spaces, particularly in Melbourne because we're having a explosion in construction and development, our spaces are pretty limited. And it's good to see that around the city that you know, various councils are having a crack, but there are pushback. And I'll probably be discussing that on the next show. But today's show, predominantly, I'm going to be talking about cargo bikes. And I did notice an interesting article that popped up this morning in the feed, which was... Oh, I'll just go back to it and I'll just see if I can pull that up, which is in um, in France, uh, is moving to provide... Uh, 2,500 euro vouchers for e-bikes for those who are handling older polluting vehicles and just a plethora of stories about like our know, grocery stores offering up free use of e-cargo bikes for customers for use for hauling home home groceries. And you have to think about some of the tasks that you do every day uh, and you, you'll get, you know, pushback with, you know, bikes, I simply don't have time, they're clumsy, blah, blah, blah. Uh it's interesting to see the amount of people who are trying and who are having a go at uh, a different way of moving and possibly a cheaper way of moving once you even out the cost of running a car versus, you know, the probably, you know, a cargo bike is a larger purchase compared to, you know, your conventional safety frame or even, even it's actually, actually very comparable to like a, a medium to top end road bike. And I was also noticing some really good stuff coming from Bike Auckland and, um, they add on hand bike. It's um, kind of like kids with you know, mobility issues. It's a perfect reminder that mobility looks different for everyone and safe infrastructure be- benefits diverse individuals in our community. Like the picture of a kid, um, young young boy with uh, like a variation of a hand bike, which uh, you know, is cranked by your hands. And yeah, because yeah, again, um, skirting around the issue of pop-up lines, I've seen some very interesting criticism of apparently cycling is elitist, apparently cycling uh, is ableist, and it's fascinating to know people who are um, mobility have mobility issues uh, have different, uh, you know, they can speak speak on behalf of themselves and people that I know of and things that I've read have actually contrary opinions to that. And... Uh, uh, a bit of local news. We've got uh, 30k per hour speed limits in Hotham Street, uh, Collingwood, and it's completely possible that slow traffic in residential streets um, improves safety and amenity. You would remember going back a few years, we had um, a couple of those trials or the 30k per, um, k per hour trials in that top section of 
Fitzroy North, I did an interview about that, and I'll see if I can remember that and link it in the podcast. And something I just simply got to drop in. You may have seen over the last few days of a futurist, a uh, entrepreneur, a person who's trying to reinvent, or you know, a proprietor of uh, EVs, uh, came up with. Uh, an underground loop for cars in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm talking about that person, Elon Musk. <clears throat> and it's basically an underground loop that goes about a K or no, no, a mile underground in a oh, one of those huge um, things like Jeff shared over in Las Vegas. And I was just looking at it going, you've invented a train tunnel for cars. And if you look on uh, across uh, social media platforms and the like, there is a lot more wittier stuff than what I'm coming out with. I can understand that people are really excited about a new transport uh, direction, but I can't help but think it was over well, just on 200 years ago that the Brunels, if you know your uh, uh, engineering stuff, uh, commenced work on the Thames Tunnel for probably a very similar thing. And... Uh, Eventually, yeah, that was mentally, I think, um, meant for pedestrian traffic and later it was used as a train tunnel and we could go and diverge into a whole bunch of different stuff about um, have we really mentally gone somewhere else in the last 200 years with our transport options? Yes, we have, but some people are trying to reinvent something for... Oh, well, just trying to make money, really, aren't they? Anyway, <laughs> after the break. I'm going to be chatting to Jürgen from Dutch Cargo Bike. To enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org. A 3CR supporter. More than 70 innocent refugees are still being indefinitely detained in detention centres and secure hotels around Australia. Over recent months, many fellow detainees have been released onto bridging visas. Those remaining are desperate to know why they are still held. It is indefinite, it is cruel and it is unlawful. Every day a group of supporters protests this brutality outside the Park Hotel at 701 Swanson Street, Melbourne, where 11 men remain trapped and whose hopes are fading and whose mental health is declining. The aim of the protests is to raise awareness of the situation for the general public, but also to show support and solidarity to the men inside. It is also for the approximately 200 refugees still held offshore. Please come along any weeknight at 6pm or weekend at 3pm. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR. And on the line today, I've got uh, Jürgen from Dutch Cargo Bike. How how have you pulled up this morning? Uh, Pretty good. I already have a few hours of work, uh, you know, in the pocket. So, yeah, it's pretty busy. (laughs) Everything is okay. Yeah, so you didn't have any problems over the weekend with our immediate change of weather? 
No, it's uh, it's fine. We're uh, we're used to it. I like the changes, so uh, it's one of the reasons why we like Melbourne. Yeah, it's very changeable, mm. temperate zone. So, um, a little bit about yourself, your interest in cargo bikes. Yeah, um, so I'm a father of three young kids, um, and we came to Australia 12 years ago. And um, when we were um, settling in here, uh, we were looking for cargo bikes, uh, specifically the two-wheel cargo bikes that are very uh, popular back home in the Netherlands. And we couldn't find any, um, so we started importing a few for our personal use and hopefully to sell a few as well. And that's that's how our our business started. And we are, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for uh, for cycling, um, and I think that Australia has a very um, good potential going forward. Uh, hopefully, that more people will uh, start to use bikes instead of. Uh, you know, other other forms of transport and notably cars. Yeah, because it's, it's interesting we get, um, you know, arguments in the negative of, you know, Australia's not like Europe. Well, a lot of Australians mm. live, we live predominantly on the eastern seaboard in cities mm. where, you know, you look at the rest of Australia, we're not living there. We're living around the eastern seaboard. So, um, yep. you know, what can cargo bikes do for people? Like, you know, I know stuff like Last Mile Logistics at City of Melbourne were yep. doing a thing on and increased use for local freight, but what can they actually do for people? Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting to remark about um, Australia, and I think 85% of the Australians are living in uh, seven major cities, uh, so Australia is one of the most urbanised countries in the world in that sense. Um, and we we fully realise that uh, you know bikes are not made to uh, uh, you know to use for interstate travel or long distance uh, uh, travelling, but they're perfectly suitable for uh, for most of the day to day transport uh, solutions that people are looking for. Whether that's um, bringing the kids to school or uh, you know bringing the kids to school and continuing to ride to work or doing the grocery shopping or simply, uh, you know, cycle to see some friends or do an errand. And this is the type of cycling um, that I'm used to from the Netherlands. That's, that's what I grew up with. And I think in Australia, there is a, yeah, there's a good opportunity for people to do that as well. And uh, the market in Australia is, is mostly for um, cycling is seen as a sport. So that's why there's a very popular mountain bike and road bike scene. Uh, but cycling for transport just to go from A to B is, uh, yeah, it's still a bit underdeveloped. Yeah, and it's come bikes, off. Yeah. yeah, and the, the bikes that we are um, representing and importing, they are um, specifically designed uh, as bikes for transport. So they're, um, they've got more sturdy uh, frames, they've got stronger brakes, they've got slightly bigger tires. They're really um, designed to carry. A load, and whether that's uh, you know 25 kilos of uh, shopping, or whether that's 75 kilos of uh, your two children sitting in front of you in the bucket, or or a combination of the two. So um, yeah, cargo bikes can do uh, can do anything. I think uh, within a you know two to five to ten k radius, um, they can be utilised. Well, that's well positioned for you know your trips, um, businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, careering uh, items, because uh, mm-hmm. as as you know, as predominantly with Melbourne, um, mm-hmm. we're 
I think, of if not overtaken, but about to overtake Sydney in terms of population and development here is yep. just off chops. Um, yep. It's yeah, yep. we're just getting more and more congested, and unless mm. we have immediate input into you know uh, public transport things, you know we've got the suburban loop and stuff like that, but that's years yep. off. So yep. this is where cargo bikes and predominantly e-cargo bikes, yeah, you know, for that extra mm-hmm. bit of grunt, <laughs> uh, could help. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So uh, ten years ago, when we started, most of the interest was for non-electric cargo bikes. So basically, most of the cargo bikes that were being sold were non-electric. Um, these days, ten years later, um, yeah, ninety percent of the bikes that we sell are uh, electric. Most of them have a, a Bosch or a Shimano motor installed on it. Um, yeah, and people. Uh, the only complaints we uh, we get from people is. Um, they say that uh, they regret knowing, not having bought it uh, earlier in their life. <laughs> mm. So it's uh, for uh, yeah, for ninety nine percent of the people that uh, buy a cargo bike or any cargo bike, it's a very positive, life changing um, event, and uh, people are really happy um, with the new way of, of transport. Yeah. So um, I was just looking at stuff overseas. It's just over, you know, things through Europe and the UK and the like, and even. Um, uh, the US that there's mm-hmm. a greater uptake over there, obviously because of the population and the like. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's something that's worldwide that uh, true, people are picking yeah. picking this up as a transport option. Yeah, that's true. And I think uh, I was talking to one of our suppliers, uh, Urban Aero, and they explained to me that um, there's a there's a certain sequence uh, in in um, the adaptation of e-bikes and uh, adaptation of e-cargo bikes. Um, and basically, uh, for the market to really accept electric cargo bikes, first, uh, electric bikes need to be normalized. They need to be seen as normal. Um, so in uh, Europe, uh, that has already happened. So e-bikes are a new uh, form of biking. I think in the Netherlands, uh, 80% of the, the bike sales are electric. And you know, even 12, 13, 14-year-old school kids are riding on an electric bike to school. Uh, rather than on a normal bike, non, uh, let's say acoustic bike. So in the US, the, um, the US is slightly behind uh, Europe in that development, but we see a similar trend. And uh, again, I think uh, yeah, Australia is, is behind the US uh, a little bit, but we see the same trend here. And it will uh, once e-bikes are considered normal, that's when people start to realize, hey, you know. Um, that's actually really nice with uh, with the electric assist. And now I understand that I can actually I can actually go to calls or, or whatever, go to the supermarket and, and get my weekly shopping done with this bike. And that's great. And that's when when people that's when it connects. Mm. So mm. yeah, can we quickly touch upon? I mean, this is this is a huge topic, but stuff like your basic yeah. technical stuff, like capacity, gearing, bit of distance, charging yeah. requirements. I mean, I know that, that yeah. this is what we're leading up to. You've got an exhibition day this Saturday, and I don't want to Correct. preempt that too much. But if someone's kind of curious and they want to find out more, um, you know, what you kind of you know, what can you carry and what's your distance, that sort of thing. Yeah, so the, um, most of the cargo bikes that we um, that we carry, or cargo bikes can carry anything up to you know from fifty to one hundred to one hundred and fifty kilos, depending on the on the on the bike. Um, the rear loading bikes that we have, for example, the Turin GSD, uh, you can load one hundred kilos on the rear. Uh, some of the front loading bikes that we carry uh, from Europe, you can load one hundred kilos in the front, uh, and you know, plus the rider, plus some more. 
uh, goods on the rear carrier. So, so really, yeah, you can carry a, a lot of weight. Um, Specification-wise, it's interesting. The um, majority of the people uh, that come to see us are actually looking for a transport solution or a solution to for specific problems that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to guide them um, by advising about the different types of options that we have in the different bikes and rear loading versus front loading and two wheels versus three wheels and um, and so forth. And I think that um, the technical aspects, uh, of course, we can talk about uh, 14 speed automatic roll-off hubs or, or MVOLO automatic hubs or 8-speed Nexus internal hubs. But the majority of the people are are just looking for a good solution <laughs> to, uh, for their uh, you know for their transport needs and yeah, um, yeah so uh, so in that sense um, yeah that's what we specialize in and, and have been uh, doing for the last ten years yeah so you know someone's probably listening to this and you know one and it's probably a similar thing that I'm thinking of what would be your distance you could do on a charged bike. Yeah, I think any anything. Uh, most of the um, electrical assist, uh, systems they have uh, multiple uh, support uh, uh, levels. So let's say you have three or four or five uh, different levels of support, depending on uh, the level of support. The range for the that you can do with a bike depends. Goes from maybe forty, fifty up to eighty, ninety to one hundred and fifty kilometers. Uh, but of course, it also depends on how much you are pedaling yourself and whether you go up or downhill or into the wind or with the wind or a combination of all that. Um, that makes a difference. But, um, yeah, I would say average easily 60, 70 kilometres. Mm, with resistance. But that's pretty good because you think about um, yeah. some of your city trips, you're in your car, so most people going to the supermarket or doing errands would be under 10, 15, 20K, if that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I think as studies have been done that most of the people travel only two to five kilometers on average uh, uh, when they do little errands. And I think that uh, yeah, the big um, potential market or the big potential change that I see now is that people are looking at uh, you know their second car that they might have in the driveway that hasn't been utilized much. And they may have called RECV already uh, three times to fix the battery because they're not using it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, if you, if you offset uh, or if you compare the the average running running cost of a car per annum versus uh, an electric bike, then the numbers are quite uh, convincing um, in in terms of saving money uh, and and just and just doing things a bit more efficiently. Now here's something different. The Heatherdale Bowls Club in Mitcham is offering tuition with equipment supplied for singles, couples, and all family members to learn the game. You can play whether you are 9 or 90. It's fun and it's free. They are located in Heatherdale Road, Mitcham, just up from the Manhattan Hotel in a picturesque parkland area. Their website is hrbc.org.au or just ring Elise on 0409 258 645. That's 0409 258 645. A 3CR supporter. What would be your charging requirements? Like, is it, um, you know, you could just run it off your household mains or you, if you've got a solar setup, something like that? Yeah, that's uh, all the bikes come with a with a charger. You just plug it into the wall, um, and then uh, you can uh, take the battery 
uh, easily out of the bike, um, or you can charge the battery when it's in the bike. So some people have a garage, and you yep. charge the whole bike and battery in the garage. Or some other people might uh, like to take the battery out and charge it, uh, you know, uh, in the pantry. Mm. And something that's come up a couple of times, I mean, I've been chatting to people about um, cargo bikes and e-bikes when they've been looking at things like Ubers and back yep. that sort of stuff is the cost because mm-hmm. we're I think it kind of evens out it at a me, um, medium to higher entry road bike with some costs even mm-hmm. even road bikes are into the tens of thousands but it's probably not yeah. a fair comparison but is there any type of thing other than afterpay for helping people out if they want to make this sort of um, commitment to getting an e-bike yeah, for sure. I think that um, you know we have a few options in terms of uh, finance. We work with uh, Studio 19, which is a rental uh, rental type agreement. Then we have Zip Money and a service called Hum, yep. which is a which is a loan. And we're also working with a company called Green Road, and they provide uh, you know low cost um, loans for e-bikes. Um, so there's plenty of options, but I think the the key thing to remember also is that cargo bikes are um, the, the design doesn't change every year, so the value of the cargo bike actually uh, doesn't depreciate that much over time. And I think a rough calculation for us is we see that uh, you know if people are buying a cargo bike and sell it and uh, use it for five years uh, and sell it after five years, provided it's, it's reasonably maintained, uh, they will still get 50 or 60 percent of the initial purchase price. Mm, back. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I think that you have to look at it as a conservative investment uh, that way. Uh, but I, we do realize that uh, buying uh, the bike up front is, is not for everybody. Mm. Well, there's also pop. Is there a market for like refurbished sort of stuff? Yes. Yeah. We um, quality cargo bikes don't come up a lot uh, mm-hmm. on Gumtree or Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm we, just uh, thinking like someone's got a bike and they refurbished it with you know, new technology. You know that sort of. That sort of thing. Oh, there's there's always uh, it's possible I refurbished bikes as well, and um, mm. yeah, I think we 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 encourage people to you know uh, get good advice and try bikes before they buy it, um, which is which is why you know our destination store in Moradin has been uh, quite successful in that sense. Mm. Um, but but there's always with anything there's always different uh, solutions at different price levels, but uh, normally. Um, quality, uh, you know, has a has a certain price as well, and and pays back over time. Yeah, well, you were just talking about depreciation earlier, and it was um, yeah. oh, the, the the thing. Well, there was this. I don't know if it's a suburban myth or not, but you know, when someone buys a new car, and uh, they're they're driving out of the out of the yard, and there's this imaginary yeah. loud noise. Loud noise as someone yeah. drives out, and it's the sound of your car depreciating a, a couple of grand. Yeah. <laughs> No, and that's but no, but that's but that's absolutely true, and uh, and and uh, yeah, quite honestly, we um, I think that uh, if people buy a quality cargo bike um, and look after it, uh, they can get uh, fifty to sixty percent of the initial purchase price back after um, a period of five years. So let's say you buy a bike for seven thousand dollars, for example, and 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 use it for five years, then mm. after five years you might get three and a half back, which means you've spent. Three and a half thousand dollars over a period of five years, which is seven hundred dollars a year divided by three hundred sixty-five, two dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know, you, you got to look at it that way. And also, like, we're going to have a big change over technology because many places, I think Australia has too, is uh, putting a, a thing on like people. We got to switch over to EVs, so uh, get ahead yeah. of the curve and get a bike. <laughs> 
that's that's it. That's it. And yeah. I think it's uh, but one of the things that I actually like about the bikes that we're doing is that the models don't change every year. Mm. So uh, most of the supplies that we are working with, either they just um, uh, the models. I would say they they change every maybe three years, yep. uh, if that. And and most of the changes are are running changes. Like for example, the Buckfeet is a good example. It looks exactly the same um, at a distance uh, as it how it looked 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but it's a different bike today than it was 20 years ago. So okay. they they maintain the looks, um, and it's uh, in in that sense, uh, yeah, it's a conservative investment, I think, in um, in your transport. Good. So in the minute I've got here, can you tell yeah. us about what's happening this Saturday at Ember Gardens in North Fitzroy? Um, I think it's actually Sunday. Sunday, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 it's Sunday. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's 10 to 2. It's, it's on our website. We um, we have been holding uh, yeah demo events uh, for the last uh, 10 years, actually, in, yeah. in Melbourne. And we will bring uh, a few uh, different electric cargo bikes um, to the events, uh, probably five or six different bikes uh, that people can have a look at and try and, and have a chat about. Um, and we are doing it, yeah, just to uh, increase awareness uh, for the different options and to give people uh, the opportunity to uh, to see, uh, yeah, multiple different brands and models in one spot um, and, and talk to, you know, experienced team members of Dutch Cargo Bike about uh, what it's like to own one and, and answer all the questions. Yeah, and your website is? Our website is dutchcargobike.com.au um, and there's a get in touch uh, uh, section in the menu um, and uh, yeah, you can book an appointment or you can simply uh, rock up with your family. That's fine. Uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, to seeing a lot of people. Okay, thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Nice to chat. Bye-bye. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers, and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab, and select either donate, subscribe, shop, or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. On my bicycle, on my bicycle, yeah. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.